Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay today. Talking sports with friends. Bella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports, so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing? Nothing. We got you covered. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it happens to be Monday, January 29th, but the year is a little confusing to, I think, everyone in the sports world. It says 2018, but for some reason, between... Tom Brady, Patriots, and the Eagles, Tiger Woods, and Roger Federer. I feel like we've gone back in time to 2004, Ray. And I got to ask you, what's more surprising? Roger Federer at the Australian Open, Tiger Woods not winning, but Jason Day winning, but looking good, finishing and playing on the weekend, or the Patriots and Eagles rematch? Well, I got to say it's the Patriots and Eagles rematch because when Carson Wentz went down, you didn't think the Patriots, I didn't think the Patriots would be facing the Eagles in the AFC, in the uh, Super Bowl. I thought the Patriots or the Steelers would represent the AFC, but that's surprising. Look, Federer is, this guy's unbelievable. He's won three majors now in the last year. So, you know, he's still got some juice. Well, it's two Australians, so it's kind of cheating. Oh, right? yeah. But, yeah, so – and then and then Tiger finishing. I mean, Tiger's still Tiger. You know, I, I got to believe he's maybe got one major in and left. Uh, Jack won one at 46. He so looked pretty decent, didn't he? Tiger looked pretty yeah, good. So I, I got to give it to him. Maybe the back has finally helped you, Ray. The Eagles did have home field throughout, right? So you got to believe that they only had to win two home games. But still, I didn't think you could do that without Carson Wentz with Nick Foles as your quarterback. So to me, that was the most surprising. Well, definitely so. And we tip our hat to to Roger and Tiger. And obviously, the Phoenix Open begins this week in 79 and 80-degree perfect weather. I'm not sure if Tiger's playing or not, but it's going to be great. But today, Ray, the teams have arrived. It's media day or what should we say as they do now opening night and Gronkowski you know he came back to practice he's still not officially cleared but he won't be at media night tonight and I want to ask you I mean look Friday we're going to preview it give you all the you know postseason awards the whole you know NFL honor Saturday night Super Bowl preview the whole nine but they did most of their work last week they're in you know Minnesota now but do you really have concerns if you're the Patriots that Rob Gronkowski is going to be 100% or one big Malcolm Jenkins or someone else hit away from getting knocked back out of the Super Bowl? Look, I'm no doctor. I just play one on the radio. And <laughs> I have no concerns because, look, anybody can get knocked out of any game but they will do everything they can to keep this guy in the game. He's their one dynamic playmaker 
that you don't have to scheme to get open. You don't have to create any major, you know, offensive coordinator inputs to work with this guy. He's just a mismatch. And he's the one guy that gives them the advantage in this game. So they'll do everything they can to keep him on the field. So right now you're basically saying he's the man. He's, he's Bruno Mars. He's the man. I mean, short of him falling over and tripping over himself and just the doctors having to step in, he's playing this game. And he's staying oh, in the game, yeah. right? He, he's there. No, no, he definitely is. And like I was saying, I mean, he's, he's the Bruno Mars who swept the Grammys last night and did his thing. Look, the, the hype is coming. It's going to be great. As we start to say goodbye to football, we got to get into the NBA and college. And real quick with the college, obviously some big games, top, you know, 25. But you got Villanova, UVA, Purdue, Duke, and Michigan State. Uh, What did you think about the big ACC sort of upsets, Virginia beating Duke in Duke and NC State winning in North Carolina? I think it shows the strength of the ACC this year. But I think the field is wide open for anybody to cut down the nets in March, Ray. You there, Ray? Sorry, I was having a bad connection. So the specific, the general commentary that it's wide open, I think, is 100% right. I think you have 10, 12 teams that could – easily win this thing. And you could tell how teams have gone like Michigan state, Carolina, you know, look at, look at a team like Kentucky was ranked in the top five. Then they were out of the top 25 completely. So two things, one, it's a completely wide open field. And two, the best team in the country, the most talented team in the country is Duke. And they have four freshmen and a senior out there. So to the extent that your freshmen can be inconsistent, and especially in the dog days of January and February in conference play, still coming to their own. Kind of scary yeah. on the one hand, but on the other hand, midseason losses, you know, they're almost good. They're almost good for Duke. You don't want them to be a 38-0 and Kentucky situation where they finally lost to Wisconsin in the semis, and then Duke beat Wisconsin a couple years ago. So, to me, Actually, that was, what, three years ago because it was Grayson Allen as a freshman, right? And now he's a senior. So, to me, you're right. Uh, You you start to look at play maybe at the end of of February and see people do it last two, three weeks of February and then into the conference tournaments. Right now, people are still feeling each other out, especially these freshmen, kind of learning how to play tight games. I wouldn't be surprised if Duke loses one or two more games uh, but still oh, definitely. for them to I would to say I'm more concerned about their lack of defensive, you know, intensity. Um, obviously, Kentucky had a big win knocking um, formerly number seven West Virginia. Talking about Michigan State, though, we all know about the disgusting sickness of Larry Nasser and all, the, you know, girls and women and everything. But, you know, now they've dug deeper and they've got an independent probe coming and it looks like 16 players from the Michigan state football team, Adrian Payne and, and, and other players and a grad coach from, you know, the basketball team have all had sexual assault gang rapes. I mean, 
the list goes on. It almost feels like Michigan State, if anybody could get the modern-day death penalty right, they would be up for, for the candidate for that because it's really sloppy. It's really messy. And in this new era of Me Too and Time's Up, I'm not too sure D'Antoni and, and Tom Izzo are going to remain as the head coaches. How do you look at it? Here's my cynical view. This stuff, well, put Nasser aside, right? That That's something because he represented Michigan State and the U.S. Olympic Committee, so we'll talk about him in a second. But the stuff that went on there, my cynical view is it happens at more places than we know, at more places oh, than every, we every college, yeah, yeah. We heard about it at Baylor, and, and, and that situation got blown up. But I don't, I don't think for a second that this on big college campuses where it generates so much money, these intercollegiate athletics, especially in the football and basketball programs, yeah. these kids and administrators and, and you know, coaches and the coaching staff get treated and local police like they're untouchable. Them. You know, 100%. So if you dig deep in any major, you know, big five conference, college or university, you'll find much of the same stuff happening to a lesser degree, to a greater degree, but it's happening all over, which is not to say we don't need to address it. But I don't think Michigan State in this respect is any different from any other school. Now, this Larry Nasser guy, that's ridiculous. Um, oh yeah, but I think we're at a tipping point, though. Don't you? Wouldn't you say Larry Nasser and this happening, and everything that's been happening in every other place of work—Hollywood, politics, this, that—it seems as if, you know, it's not gonna just get swept under the rug anymore. That's that's what I think where we're really at, and I think it's a tipping point. Well, if there's one silver lining, it's that it's that the sweeping over the under the rug is over. And if it causes, I guess what I'm saying is it could, shouldn't cause Michigan State to get the death penalty, right? I don't think the programs need to get shut down. I think the administrators could get fired. I think people could get, you know, definitely get uh, whatever penalties are deemed necessary, whether they be civil or criminal, throw these people in jail. But I don't think that programs, uh, you know, w- w- where there's kids and athletes and, uh, you know, enjoying the, these, the fruits of, you know, getting a scholarship and playing basketball or football or, you know, whatever, uh, absolutely that, that these programs should, should be held intact, but people should pay the price. And more than that, I think this culture of sweeping things under the rug and not being able to talk about it and being – you know, uh, unable to, to, to fight the power and, and being scared of, you know, a ba- that's ridiculous. That's got to stop immediately. I mean, yeah. this, this is unheard of activity. And because it's under the guy, this wouldn't happen anywhere else. In, I mean, I guess it does happen anywhere in society. <laughs> but th- this is academics are supposed to be this place where you send your kid to, to get some education and, and to and have a four-year experience, maybe a five-year experience and, and learn and grow in a safe, you know, environment. And, and it's clearly not that. So No, you know, definitely not. To, and that's the key word that you said, safe, you know. And you and I, you know, we both have children and we want our kids to go to school and, you know, learn, be safe, be respectful, and not have to deal with this silliness 
it's it's got to end, Ray. T- time is up. <laughs> time is definitely up. Speaking of time being up, Ray, I think as we near the end of the show and transition to the NBA, it is really unfortunate that Boogie, DeMarcus, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, got hurt. The Pelicans have the sixth seed. Andre Robinson for the fifth seed Oklahoma Thunder, both of them out for the season. Also Mike Conley, but, you know, Grizzlies have no shot. Are we at a place now where with the deadline coming February 8th, are the Pelicans and, and Thunder forced to, to really make some sort of move to solidify and keep their playoff spots? Should they, you know, especially the Thunder, maybe because they have a shot to, if they can still play defense, potentially advance. What, what do you think happens and uh, do you think Boogie comes back healthy and still gets his max contract? Wow. So it's a loaded question loaded because, question because <sighs> look, Boogie getting his money probably because it's a, it's a position of scarcity and there aren't many he's players like him. <laughs> he's, yeah, he, he's unbelievable. Uh, the thing is, you usually get this injury in your 30s and he got it in his 20s you know he's a bit young to, to be rupturing his achilles right you you think about like the guys like patrick ewing and isaiah thomas and dominique wilkins and, and you know in, in other i could go through other sports too but usually you get it at the end of your career boogie is tremendously talented and and a athletic. physical specimen of athletic athletic you know achievement so but I do think he gets his money. I do think so, just because he's so talented and gifted that even if he's not at 100%, even a 90% Boogie Cousins, it's not like, you know, he doesn't have great court awareness, dribbling, passing, rebounding skills. So he'll, uh, he'll probably get his money. Who makes a move? I don't know that New Orleans can afford it because they may not get Boogie next year. They may have to let him go. And if they let him go, they need to rebuild around Anthony Davis. So I don't think they have tools to be trading now for, you know, a, a three-month rental player, right? So I, they might have to just let this one go and, and try to tee up, especially if they can't keep Boogie. They need to rebuild. So I, I'm willing to trade resources. Right, and Paul George was announced, you know, to replace him for the West. I don't know who's going to start. That's up to LeBron, you know, but maybe uh, Paul George that guy so before we wrap it up obviously the Warriors beat the Celtics it was a great game it's hard to fathom Ray that you know when they were what 73 and 9 right now they're 40 and 10 just makes you you know gives you a little perspective of how great the Warriors were two seasons ago and have been but today January 29th if you had to place a bet would LeBron James next year be in San Antonio Houston LA or Cleveland where would you put your money down today? So there were some LA rumors criteria. today, by the way. There were some rumors about LA today. I thought he'd I thought he'd stay in the East just because who wants to battle in the West every year, especially if he loses or if he doesn't win the finals. Let's say he goes to the finals and loses. I mean he may not get through Boston, but let's say they get through Boston, lose goes to the finals and loses. That means LeBron is going to be three and six in finals. So he needs to win more championships, right? So I, I think he should stay in the East. 
But if, if you give me all those options that are in the West, oof, there's something to be said for going to San Antonio from a basketball perspective, right? The best player and the best coach teaming up. Uh, L.A. is the market you'd want to play in. He's never really played in a mega sports market, right? Miami's not a sports market. Miami is like a chilling market. <laughs> not really a vacation market. market, yeah. Right. So to me, I would take San Antonio over Houston, right, still in Texas, and I would take L.A. over all of them because L.A. is the market, right? So if you can win and win big in L.A. and he wants to be a billionaire like, uh, like your boy – uh, Warren Buffett, so I, I'm thinking he's going to L.A. if he doesn't stay. And I just don't think the roster in Cleveland lends itself, whereas I thought he would stay in Cleveland. I'm not sure the roster and being hamstrung with some of those salaries and now yeah, the drama. The roster I is sloppy. Checks out. And not, not only is the roster sloppy, Ray, I just think the relationship with Dan Gilbert and not keeping David Griffin and a new GM and what happens with Isaiah and, you know, and some of the contracts are LeBron's fault with Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. Those are horrible deals, and LeBron helped them get those, so I don't know. Anyway, good show. Friday, Ray, it's, it's going to be big. We got a, a good Super Bowl building up. Everybody enjoy, you know, the, 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 the fun of media night and opening night. And the NFL, they, they put on a good show, and it should be an entertaining week. And Friday, we'll give you all the analysis, all the picks, and all of the predictions. Have a great sports week. In the meantime, there's a lot going on, and we'll catch you on Friday. Peace.